Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wheelhouse DNA. From Wheelhouse DNA and Acast, this is Comfort Food, a show about life, loss, grief, celebration, and the meals that support us through it all. I'm your host, Kelly Rizzo. Today in the studio, we're joined by a friend of mine, Nick Vile. Nick is a media personality, a very successful podcast host, and a soon-to-be father. We competed together on Special Forces World's Toughest Test, and it was through that rigorous experience that we became close. He's a bit of a relationship guru who has helped thousands of people navigate through the trials and tribulations of love through his podcast, The Vile Files. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Nick Vile. Well, Nick, I'm very, very happy you're here. Thank you for being here. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see you not in New Zealand, not uh, freezing cold. Uh, We've showered. Slept next to each other. We had met many years even before that in Chicago briefly, but obviously we reconnected well, then in we, New Zealand. Then, then we ran into each other, we realized, at The Nice Guy when you were with Bob, which I, I, you, I think oh. you said was the night you met Bob. Was that the night you met Bob? That was... It was Bob and John were with each that's other. That's right. And I, and, and I was out with some buddies at Laurel Hardware. And it was the first day meeting John Mayer. Okay, and I know John watched The Bachelor. I know he has. But they were like cool. They weirdly were like invited us to Nice Guy with them. Yeah. And I felt really awkward about it. Because I was like, I don't. That was a fun night though. Uh, Okay, yes. I ended up leaving because you guys got like a table. And I was like, I'm I'm crashing this party. And I get awkward. Well, we more than made up for it in New Zealand when we met on special, re-met on Special Forces. And that was... To me, to this day, I mean, probably the most incredible experience of my life. And I'm so excited now to be talking to you, probably one of your first interviews since the finale aired and where yeah, as, everyone I, I would, knows now that I you would, won. I'd say it's my first. It's hard to talk about it on my own show. Like, we'll talk a little bit on my own show, but like it's, like, it's hard to interview yourself. And it's like recapping your own stuff is... Well then, Weird. well then, I will I will do the honors because I saw the finale on Tuesday, so the day after it aired, and I was in tears the whole time because even though all of us had only spent at the max eight days together, and like I was only with you guys for four days, there was this tremendous sense of bonding that happened among everybody, even over a short period of time. And watching you guys go through what you went through, especially on that last day, I had tears streaming down my face watching you and Tyler. Yeah, it was tough to watch. I mean, I know I texted it to you, but I will say to your face just how unbelievably impressed I was, how proud I was just to even know you guys, to see what you went through. And I 
I know how hard it was from being only there four days and what you guys accomplished. It is just unbelievable. And I'm sure it probably feels like a different lifetime now, even looking back on it. But um, I'm just, I'm very, very proud of you. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for saying. And I'm proud of you too. You really crushed it. I wish you would have stuck around a little longer. But you definitely gave it your all. I remember you on that last day, you know, we were talking about our kind of deepest, darkest secrets. Remember, we were talking about something that we wanted to tell the group about. And that's when you announced that you were going to be a father. And that's when you announced that Natalie was pregnant. And you were said something along the lines of, you know, God, like I you know, like I miss being home or, you know, I I really want to be there right now. And so in my head, I was thinking that, you know, if when it came down to it, I was like, I could see Nick not based on, you know, physical abilities or anything, but I just had a sense that you were missing home at that point. And you were like, well, I want to be a dad. God forbid I I hurt myself. I need to, you know, I want to, I need to go home. And then when I found out that you stuck through the whole thing, I was like, God damn, like, wow. I was just so amazed. But tell me about why on earth this is your comfort food. Considering the fact that you are a picky eater, I was very surprised that this combination is something that for some reason brings you comfort. Tell people what it is and we're going to bring it in here. I like to think of myself as particular rather than picky. Okay, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, Because I'm of the belief that I only like really good food. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, and this particular snack okay. is, is delicious. Delicious. Um, it's toast, peanut butter, and pickles. Okay, so how did you... It's a family recipe. It's been in the family okay. for years. Yeah, I grew up on it. And, and you come my... from a very large family. Yeah, yeah. And how many siblings? I have 10 siblings. Yeah. So wait, 11 total? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And it was a snack that my dad grew up on, and I think his dad grew up on, and... Okay, so it was passed down from your dad then. So then yeah. is this something like all your siblings like too? Most of them, yeah. But it's one of those things that I, I've never introduced it to someone who doesn't love it because it's it's good. If you like pickles and you like peanut butter. Which I do. And you, and you like toast, you'll like it. I've never. It. Have you tried it? Now no. the key is, I know you pre-made it, but the key is it, like the peanut butter, it's got to be warm. However, I'd like to explain to people what's in front of us <laughs> It's a slice of toast. So it's toast, peanut butter, and then we have one that's like horizontal sliced. And that's that's for the veterans. So this is this is the way you prefer it. I do prefer it with yeah, just kind and of. And then we have some cut lengthwise because we nickel size. We weren't sure. Yeah, just like you would kind of a. We weren't sure which way you preferred your pickles. I will sliced. eat it anyway. I love this meal so, snack really. Okay, so. But if anyone again. If you like peanut butter and you like pickles and you like toast, zero chance you won't like the combination. All right. Well, we're, we're going to try it. So now this is, if we were eating this in New Zealand, would this have brought you comfort oh when God. we were, oh my God, it was when we me. were during selection? I would have had unlimited peanut butter and pickles. Okay. So oh usually God. when people try this for the first time, are they like, what on earth are you thinking? And then they try it and they love it? Yeah, every every uh, girl I've ever dated was obsessed with it. All right, here we go. So th- this was... Well, you have to do it. Okay. All right, all right. Cheers. <laughs> it's definitely better with warm toast and peanut butter. That's not bad. 
I know. Why does it seem like it would be so weird? Because it's a weird combination. No, you never really. But it's just it's just a salty sweet, you know. Oh my god, I kind of like it. It's good. Now try it with hot, like to you know, pop, toast pops out of the toaster. Okay. Slap that peanut butter on, and that peanut butter gets a little melty, and then you throw the pickles on. Well, all it's, right. It's good. It's a great snack. It's a great like midnight snack. You know, you don't have. You didn't get a dessert or like a, a like a, a quick quick breakfast snack. You know, it's really just good for like Nicole, really any time of the day. I'm learning so much from you. Want to know what else I learned from you? What's up? That you are very anti pre sliced and pre cut fruit. Correct. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> yep. We had a couple drives together in special forces, like, and these drives were oh, right. hours plus long. And there was one drive where we had sandwiches. For lunch, I, I that, yeah. and you didn't like the sandwich you got, and you know they didn't give a selection. Yeah, I didn't like the mayonnaise that was it was covered in the spread. Which... Yeah, there was something that you didn't like about the sandwich, so you like didn't really eat. And I, I remember felt so bad. I was like, "But you need to eat," and you're like, "Whatever, it's fine." And then I don't know if it was then or later on that day. There something like one of the meals we had. There was like some sort of like cut fruit or something, and you're like. Oh no, I don't eat cut. And I was like, "What do you mean you don't eat cut fruit?" You're like, "No, it's disgusting. Like, you, who knows how long it's been sitting out? It could have like bacteria on it. It could be like infect." And and ever since then, now I will not buy pre-cut fruit from like a grocery store or anything like that. Yeah, no. And I, one of my first chefs in high school was to do just that: cut fruit, package <laughs> it, produce department at a grocery store. So is that why you know it's gross? Not really. It was, you know, but I just find it disgusting. Just, well, there's a lack of freshness, and fruit is all about freshness and crispness, you know. But now every every time I see, every time I see pre-cut fruit, I think of Nick. It's not for me, right? You know, like a deli sandwich and a vending machine. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right. Well, I learned Fre- that needs from to be you. Fresh. Fruit, and now yeah. pickles on peanut butter is actually pretty good. So, um, so you have obviously an incredible podcast that is. Very, very beloved and uh, well-received. And you give amazing advice to people and talk about, you know, how you can help people in relationships and, you know, giving advice, talking about current events and pop culture and all this stuff. But you don't really get to talk about yourself that much because you're always helping other people, you know. You're giving other people advice. And this obviously is called comfort food where usually we're talking about something that's happened in your life where, you know, difficult time, how you overcame it and what was the advice that helped you and what, how you would help other people go through something difficult like that. So, you know, let's, aside from special forces, which maybe we'll even get into a little bit more about how that really changed you. Like, has there been something in your life where you're like, this was a really difficult time and, like, this is how I got through it? Sure, like many. I mean, um, most of it's, like, relationship-driven, you know. I've had a handful of breakups that I really struggled with mm-hmm. to get over, more than more than one. Um, and that's really where I get, you know, most of my, uh, I guess, thoughts or wisdom, depending on how you see it, um, is just through my own kind of failures and struggles in my own life you know um you know i've had yeah just uh, i've had some tough breakups and some tough heartbreaks those those are probably been the most struggling most difficult uh, emotional challenges of my life 
And then what would you find? Was there something that somebody did when you were going through something really difficult? Something that somebody did that consistently made you feel better or things that people did that consistently made you feel worse? So like when you're going through a really bad breakup, did you have like a friend that was like trying to help you, but it just didn't help? The truth is like I wasn't interested in help at the time. If I look back, I just wanted to pout and feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And I wanted to people to listen to me. You just wanted to like whine, get it out and, and gripe. Yeah. Um, but then I read a book called The Power of Intentions by Dr. Wayne Dwyer. Have you read it? It's good. I have not. Just check it out. Changed my life. It's really all about, it's my biggest takeaway from, from that um, book was just understanding the power of your ego. And, and the role it plays in your everyday life and and then the power of your subconscious brain and, you know, how you, you can... The idea is, like, that you can control your thoughts, you know, and I think most of us go through life uh, thinking that we can't control our thoughts and feelings, right. that, you know, we, this is how I feel, there's nothing I can do about it, and I can't help that I'm sad or I can't help that I'm heartbroken and I... I can't help this, but that's not true. You can. It's absolutely not true, Um, And, you know, when you're dealing with um, tragedy of any kind, heartbreak, you know, it's, you're, it's, you know, you're going to be sad and that's okay. And there's a time for grieving and, but there is a time where you have to, you know, turn things around and you have to kind of change your perspective or at least try to, stop yourself from what I kind of refer to as loving to hurt so good. And I'm, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts, because obviously um, you had to deal with Bob's death, which is a very different thing. But in a breakup, we don't realize that we actually enjoy the pain of the heartbreak because that's the only, that's the, that's the last remaining thing we have of the relationship, which is the memory of that person, mm-hmm. you know, and we have a hard time letting go because we, we don't, we're not ready to move on from the relationship, so we hold on. Right. We hold on to the pain, and we do that by ruminating, you know, and re relitigating the relationship and finding new friends and people to talk about yeah. the breakup and things like that. Um, and yeah, I just I learned that you can actually control that stuff, and and you can change your perspective, and you can start seeing. You know, instead of obsessing over what you missed about the relationship, you can you can maybe acknowledge things you know that maybe weren't you weren't happy with in the relationship, even though you missed the person, and you can see the force. You know, you can reflect on what you did wrong or what you could learn from it. You know, and you can start moving forward, and and eventually, over time, you know, you you slowly will get over it. But you have to you have to start controlling your thoughts and you have to police your thoughts and you have to set boundaries with yourself in terms of um allowing yourself to you know think about things you know and in 2023 you can technology you know you can you can mute people on social media you can delete old photos you know think you know things that are going to trigger you you know remind you of a painful memory or a painful past and when you're when you're still going through the healing process and you're triggered, it's it's hard. But again, sometimes we like to be triggered, you know, before right. we, more than we, we like to admit it. And so 
Yeah, that was just a big turning point in my life um, and kind of understanding the power of your, um, uh, your sub, uh, subconscious brain and just the power of your ego and, and so many of the decisions that we make are more ego-driven rather than, you know, um, driven based off of what's actually good for us or what we need and things like that. Well, that's interesting too, the, the ego, you know, making sure then that you're telling a certain narrative to make sure that people understand, well, like, it wasn't my fault or I didn't do, you know, like to understand. So you're making sure that everyone sees it from your perspective um, if we're yeah. talking like a breakup. Or just like, yeah, just the validation of, you know, the ego is, you know, when you're broken up, you feel less than, you feel not good enough, you feel, right. you know, you know, and so your ego usually is telling you the only person or the only way to fix that feeling that you're feeling is to win back the person that, you know, doesn't want to be with you. Right. And, and then so you seek out their validation by any way possible. Right. Um, rather than maybe acknowledging that... It's not the case. Right. And it is all a, it is all a paradigm shift and, uh, as you said, switching your perspective because you can control your thoughts. And whether it's about, you know, a breakup or a relationship or anxiety, I mean, anxiety at some point, like, that's also a choice, you know, where you can, uh, in certain ways, I mean, there have been times where, you know, I'm feeling super, super anxious about something and then you can change your thoughts and almost like psych yourself out to like change your thought patterns. And then all of a sudden, because your body also follows your brain, you know, if you're feeling really anxious and then all of a sudden, like now your body's feeling anxious, but then if you yeah, change your thoughts, like then it's. Yeah. Cause usually like anxiety is more, I think comes from, you know, just dwelling about like the future. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a, it's a, an idea with anxiety, you know, so I empathize with people who do. Yeah. Um, but, um, it is it is a signal to yourself that you're not present, mm-hmm. you know, that you're not you're not in the moment, right? You know, um, which I struggle with doing. Um, and even depression is, you know, it's it's hard. It's harder. I'm not a therapist. I'm not an expert. So, but harder to be depressed when you're thinking of others. That's very true. Easier to be depressed when you're thinking about yourself. Because you're ruminating on all the problems and yeah, they center with you? around you. What's right. why is life's not working out for you? What's going on with you? What, you know, and again, like we've all I've, you know, dealt, dealt with depression and sometimes it's necessary to, you know, and natural to think about what's, go- what's wrong and what's not working out for yourself. But the more you can uh, think about others and help others and, and just get out of your own, you know, way. Yeah. Uh, life's a lot happier. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. To kind of answer a question you just asked about everything with Bob was... I easily could have fallen into woe is me, why me, depression, it's not fair, life's not fair. Um, But then when you have the mindset of, okay, this isn't all about me. I have other people now that I need to be there for, even though I was his wife, like, like he has his daughters, like I need to be there for them. So to think about them and then also to switch my mindset instead of this isn't fair, to say, wow, how grateful I am that I had him for the time that I had instead of, it's not fair, I didn't have him longer. Yeah, you know? I mean, I can only imagine because I've not i been fortunate enough so far in my life that I haven't had to deal with much death um, other than a few grandparents, yeah. you know, which is obviously sad, but less tragic, uh, less surprising. More expected, more at expected. least, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I can imagine challenging because, you know, unlike a breakup where... You know, you can, you have the opportunity to acknowledge that maybe as much as you miss them, that they weren't your person and, you know, them not wanting to be with you is in itself reason enough to consider maybe there's someone else who does. Right. And that's a a quality we should look in in for people. But I, yeah, I can, I mean, how did you do that? How did you um, cherish Bob's memory while also allowing yourself to to move on because that can be difficult. Like I said, because sometimes we have, we don't move on from breakups because we still want to think about the times that we had with the person who no longer right. wants to be with us. And in Bob's case, like you couldn't be with him because of his unexpected death, not because of a breakup right, right. where you could say, like, you know, out, fuck yeah. him and he exactly. doesn't want to be with me. And, yeah. There you know. was no, like there, there was nothing where, you know, there was no anger. There was no, yeah resentment there was no guilt or uh any anything you know everything was all love 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 um so and also with bob unlike some other people that you know if you lose a loved one you couldn't just you know put it in your back pocket for a little bit and be like i'll think about it later because he was everywhere he like everyone was always talking about it. it was it was such a you know everywhere you look you see you know or i would see photos or videos or you know people were always talking you know it's, he was such and i was so grateful for the fact that he was beloved by so many and i never felt like i didn't want to talk about it you know some people might be like too it's too painful for them to talk about their loved one who passed, but I, I would almost get, I mean, not upset, but if, you know, I was with somebody that knew Bob, I was like, I want to talk about Bob, you know? And I think right off the bat, I was able to do kind of both things. I was able to be sad and miss him, but also be, you know, cherish, as you said, like the time that we had together, but also just be so grateful because with him, it was like, I, I mean, I knew this from knowing him, but then when you saw just how beloved he was with this incredible outpouring of love that happened after he passed, I was like, 
lucky me. How lucky am I that I'm the one that got to be with him for six years and that I'm the one that got to make him happy in his last few years. Like, lucky me. So that's the attitude that I took on from very early on. I just kind of switched and being from, because a lot of people go into the, you know, it's not fair, why me? Mm -hmm. You know, life sucks, life isn't fair. And I was just like, no, I can't. I, I, I refuse to go down that path. I'm not going to let this make me a bitter person. I'm just going to be grateful for the time I had and then also try to do the same to help his girls, you know? Yeah. So it for me, it was kind of like a natural thing. But I, I'm sure that's not an easy place for everyone to get to. And I know that a lot of the advice that you give in these talks that you have center around relationships, relationships, but have you had people come to you, let's say with even like a heavier, darker situation, like a death or something like this to where, you know, you're like, you've maybe because you haven't really gone through it, like not known what to do or, or you still are able to use all of this wisdom that you gathered to help that person. I haven't received much questions regarding death i feel grateful that my audience trusts me with a a wide range of relationship-based topics and relationships could mean brother and sister friends romantic relationships um and sometimes just personal problems you know i have no problem like telling someone like i don't i don't know if i can be helpful and so uh, i try to be have humility with my 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 answers um but that being said it seems like most of the time i'm able to offer some sort of 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 um words that they find to be helpful because again what i really i think focus on and excel in is just trying to change someone's perspective or offer the possibility of other ways to look at a situation you know, uh, one, for example, that I really remember often, it was different than, rela- it was parents. Like I, I got into a groove of, you know, <clears throat> one person calls in with a topic and people really like what I had to say. Right. So other people will write in. So we, I got, I went down a string of a lot of like mother, daughter, um, type of questions and things <laughs> like that. Um, and it was, a, a, a woman who was, frustrated with her relationship with her mom and she talked about how her mom struggles with some mental health problems and she just really had a lot of resentment about her mom and she had daughters herself and um, she was basically like asking me if it was wrong for her to kind of keep her mom away from some of her kids because of you know, some behaviors that her mom presented and things like that. And, um, and I told her a story about my mom, you know, and uh, my mom struggles with a inner ear, um, issue. It affects her equilibrium. And, and over the years it has deteriorated things inside of her head, uh, like fluid that, uh, loud noises can be very painful for her. Like the vibrations, the echoes, oh. Um, and I, I told that story because, you know, if you meet my mom, I mean, you know, she, she's in her sixties, but she looks great and she looks useful and 
and she looks healthy and mobile and yada, yada, you know, but she does have a very painful disability, but you can't see it, you know, which is very similar to sometimes when you see people with like mental health problems. Sometimes, you know, their mental health problems are so severe that it's, it's pretty noticeable. But I think sometimes depression, you know, can be very challenging um, for family members to deal with because you can't see it as much. You know, you can see maybe them sleeping a lot and you can see them kind of, you know, not smiling as much. But, you know, sometimes that can get frustrating. And I just presented the possibility that, you know, for all her thoughts, maybe your mom's doing the best she can, you know. Um, and I think that seemed to really resonate with her and, and, took, and took, a, took away a lot of the, uh, the anger that she had, you know, and... And, and just, I just raised the possibility that, you know, your mom might be struggling more than you can even imagine because you just can't see the disability. Right. So it's, it's harder to empathize with her disability, just like, you know, with my mom and things like that. So, again, it's just, it's just trying to offer different perspectives and different possibilities because when we get a narrative in our head, you know, it's, it'll kind of plant itself and it'll fester and grow. And whether that's a positive or negative narrative, either way, and especially if it's negative, you know. And so um, I'm just trying to maybe plant other seeds of thought, you know. Um, but that's so important because that in and of itself, that new seed could then take root and then become an entire different narrative that then changes the whole situation and changes the way they look at something and can be so helpful where they're like, I never even thought about it that way. And yeah, then, I mean, I really Even think- though you haven't maybe gone through that specific thing, just by planting a different seed, it could help somebody take off in a different sure. direction. and I have mm-hmm. the benefit, and when I'm answering these questions, of, of not, you know, not having, not having a, a stake in it, you know, not giving a shit, you know, in a sense. Like, I'm going <laughs> to get off the... don't know them. I right? don't know them, I don't care, you know, I, want, I wish you well, but... I can see it. I don't. I don't. I don't come with um, any pre-existing data or bias or anything like that. Um, which you know, it's it's harder for us to do. Which is why you know we all have a heart. We're all much better at giving advice than taking our own advice. Because right. when it comes to taking our own advice, we have to go against our own biases and our own thoughts and feelings. You know, all, sometimes our egos and things like that. That will. Um, kind of warp our perception of of reality, and that's right. why. It's that's like why getting it's, it from yeah. a stranger. Like for instance, if I'm trying to help my sister with something, she'll always be like, "Will you stop talking to me? Like I'm your little sister." I'm like, "I can't yeah. because you're my little sister." You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, or like sometimes when you're in a relationship, I'm sure you've been, you know, you fight and you're with your partner and you're going back and forth and you're just not hearing each other, and then and then someone else offers a suggestion, maybe they. And, and 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 they actually repeated what you said like forty minutes earlier in the fight, and your partner's like, "Oh, right, you're like, yeah, that makes I sort of the sense." But they'll that. listen to them because right. they're not fighting with you, right? You exactly, uh, and they don't hear you, you know, and things like that. So um, it's 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 often nice to get a third party opinion, which is why I'm a, couples therapy can be amazing for couples because really all couples therapy is is, is um, having someone who's not invested in this relationship who can kind of play referee is that kind of what what you feel like on a 
on a daily basis pretty much when you're when you're talking about all well, this? Well, we, like we do mediation calls, which are harder to do because it's harder to get guys to come in with their girlfriends. But every once in a while, I'm lucky enough to get a, get a couple on. And yeah, when I play mediator, yeah. I, but ultimately, like, even though you just said, like, I'm not a therapist, but if you're truly helping all these people and people want your advice and they come to you for it, then what's the difference, <laughs> really, you know? Well, the difference is I, I'm not licensed. Well, and there's, I mean, yeah. there's the literal difference, but I'm saying if, you know, yeah, I, I just, by the numbers, you're probably helping more people than I appreciate than saying that, and I'm, you know? I'm so grateful of, I've been lucky enough to receive some very touching uh, letters. And wedding invitations and 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 I've been credited by hundreds of people for helping them find love and that means a lot um, and I have every intention of going back to school to become a therapist because that's kind of like what I want to do in the last chapter of my life wow. you know, when this all all this bullshit I'm doing now goes away um, well, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, you know, I think I have a knack for it, and I've developed a yeah, skill clearly. set, and and, um, and I, you know, but it, there is something to be said about. I, I mean, if you listen to any of my Ask Nick episodes uh, on the Vile Files, which is the mostly the relationship stuff. I mean, you, you probably can't find an episode where I'm I'm not offering this, the disclaimer that I'm not a therapist, right. and I and I do that deliberately just because you know, I'm not trying to sound like the smartest guy. I don't diagnose anyone. In fact, I get really frustrated when, when people on the internet or people, you know, use words like gaslighting and love bombing and narcissists and things like that because those things are real. They do exist and they're, can be very harmful. But now we live in a time where <clears throat> we've kind of co-opted those words um, and watered down the meaning of them. And now gaslighting means manipulative. And now love bombing means moving too fast, you know. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, those things, real things do happen and, and we water down the words. And I think it's just kind of a lazy way of trying to understand the situation. Um, but, yeah, I think if you just, you know, um, listen. And I, I always say, like, I listen for the lies that people tell themselves. Because no one will lie to you more than you will lie to yourself. Um, it's very easy to lie to yourself. Very interesting. Very you know? true. Um, and so when people call in and, and um, you know, they have, a, they have a story and everyone calls in with a question and they have, a, they have an answer right. of their own and they, they see the situation, but I'll listen for the lies. And what I mean by that is like when people say things like, well, kind of, or not really, or maybe, you know, like right. if you really listen to someone, you can hear their their lies and they're just wanting you to reinforce what they thought to begin with yeah i mean most people at this point were calling because they know i'm going to give them tough love and so i, I but they you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm kind of listening for the, the things they audibly say where they're kind of revealing what they really think you know um you, and you just kind of have to pay attention and it's pretty revealing but um yeah, you just, you know, it's, it's again, that's where our egos come in because our egos, you know, will seek uh, things like validation. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, if you're, you know, why like situationships or something like that, you know, why people ask themselves, oh. well, why can't I get over this guy? Why can't I get over right. this person? And, you know, the answer is usually, you know, pretty obvious, but sometimes we don't want to see it because we'll, you know, we'll, like a lie, I can't get over this person because of X, Y, or Z and, 
you know, sometimes we've just decided what we want the outcome to be. And that's why we lie to ourselves because we've determined what we, you know, what, how we want it to play out. So instead of like seeing thing, situations for what they are, we're seeing for situations only based off of do they fit our narrative. And that's why it's pretty easy oh, to God, pardon lie me to wishes ourselves. I like, like I really want a relationship problem right now. So Nick can help me out with it. But I mean, I guess. You're uh, thriving. I you guess, know. Uh, you know, I don't have one right now, but I know the answer to this. Who's helping Nick? My therapist, Darlene. Okay. Uh, and, today. and and Nat, because what was so interesting was when I was watching, I don't know if it was the finale or the second to last episode, but getting back to Special Forces was when everyone had the videos come in from their loved ones, mm-hmm. you had a video from Natalie and it was basically saying, you know, you're, you know, she's... She's pregnant and she's like... She didn't pregnant for like right. four weeks, so she definitely wasn't showing. Or right, but, but still, she's like, come home to us, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And and I just remember that was just so touching that like she was that support for you. And would you say, and I'm, I would assume the answer is yes, that that was definitely like the hardest thing you've ever gone through in your life? Special forces? Yeah. Um... In some ways, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I've I've gone through some different challenging moments, you know, in my life, personal life too. And um, going through the Bachelor was was a very emotionally challenging experience for me. But um, special forces, in terms of the the intensity of the eight days, mm-hmm. you know, like surviving those eight days were it was the hardest eight days I've ever had to survive. And you know? what did you? learn about yourself from that i mean i know people have asked me yeah. that and i feel like it feels a little cliche but you made it a lot farther and probably learned a lot more about yourself than i did about myself i think i just reinforced the idea of which the ds as you know very much preached was the mental aspect of the challenge i remember from you you know me being there with you but then also watching the show back you said so many times that you wanted to be somebody that people can rely on and you want to prove that you're trustworthy and that yeah especially now that you're yeah gonna have a baby like that life's hard you know as you know you've you didn't expect to deal with the tragedy that you dealt with we don't know what life's gonna bring us and um it's it's hard for everyone even the most privileged uh, people again as you know you were married to someone who's a very lucky man and had a lot going on for him and Tragedy, tragedy, yeah. And so it's um, tragedy escapes no one, and hardship escapes no one. And yeah, some lives are more difficult than everyone's, but it's gonna it's gonna catch up with us all, and we can overcome it, and you can get through it, and you just have to you have to grind, and you have to you have to put your head down. Other than death, there's light at the end of the tunnel, right? Um. Well, even there, you, even can, you, can, yeah. you can turn it. I just you mean can, for like, the, you know, for, right. well, you for know. the person, right. Um, um, but yeah, other than that, you, you can, you, you know, you can get through it. And there, you know, I've experienced moments in my life where I asked, you know, in, in, the, in the moment it was like, how, how could I, how will I get through this? But you can, you know, some, but, in, and I think we're all capable of more than we realize. And I think special forces really helped reinforce that uh, concept that, you know, I don't know what fatherhood's going to bring me. I hope a lot of joy and happiness, but there also it might bring 
challenges and sorrow and pain at times. But, you know, I think, yeah, as, as a father, I want my family to rely on me and I want my Natalie, my now fiance and soon to be wife to rely on me. And I, I want them to know that no matter what, that, you know, no matter how hard the challenge is that I, I will, I'll be there. You now, know? you know what you're capable of and, you know, what type of a hard challenge you can get through. I am very lucky and I lead a very privileged life and I have a lot of comforts and, you know, you know, people always talk about like money, money and happiness and just one bring the other. And, you know, I have found having a little extra coin in my pocket these days is that, you know, money gives you convenience and it will solve a lot of petty problems, you know, right. like parking tickets right. used to like ruin me, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I don't have $60 yeah. to lose, you know, and now it's like, whatever, I don't care, you know, but that's to me the only real benefit of having a little extra coin. So you wanted but, but a those, challenge yeah, but that... Those, yeah, and so, but those privileges can yeah. like really soften you and you can, you know, um... And I wanted to see, you know, how if I could still, having all the comforts of my life taken away from me, uh, could I still step up, you know? And that's, well, that's why I did it. You showed that you did and you could. And very grateful that you shared more of it with me today. Um, I hope that I brought you a little comfort today with uh, the peanut butter and pickle sandwich. It's a really good snack. It's good. I was... Yeah. I, I have to be honest, I'm a very adventurous eater and I was a little nervous about it, but it was... It was you are an adventurous eater? Yeah, but this... I wish I was. This uh, made me a little bit nervous, but it was actually quite delicious. It but. does not look as appealing as it tastes. Thank you for chatting with Thanks me. Thanks for having me. It was uh, good to be back and once again, not freezing and miserable in New Zealand, but even though it was very difficult experience. It's one that I'll treasure forever and I'm just happy that we got to be a part of it together. And now we can call each other friends. Exactly. Thanks so much for listening. Today we had pickles and peanut butter on toast. Uh, don't knock it until you try it, people. And if you want to hear more from Nick, be sure to tune into his podcast, The Vile Files, wherever you get your podcasts. Comfort Food is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Acast. Our executive producers are Fanny Baudry, Cassie Berman, Leah Sutherland, and yours truly, Kelly Rizzo. Our audio producer is Chiara Noni. Special thanks to Camila Goldenberg and Riley Oville Rank for production assistance. Our audio engineer is Matthew Blocka. Our editor is Nick Carissimi. This podcast is hosted by me, Kelly Rizzo. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. 